The Colorado Equals Security Podcast is your local source for regional security news, local events, and interviews with key individuals in the region. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Reck and Alex Wood. Welcome to Colorado Equals Security. This is the newscast for episode 191. Uh, the week of December 21st. Alex, uh, end of the year is upon us and uh, things have slowed down quite a bit, huh? Yeah, you know, it, it's that time of year when everyone starts to take off for end of the year. So uh, I think this past week was my last week of work for the year um, and uh, I am going to try and disappear too. It, it's been fun. So um, I was speaking ironically because <laughs> in the last week, it's been like the busiest week of the year for me, all the stuff going on out there. Uh, in the world, but we'll get we'll get into that a little bit in the news, um, and then of course at the this is our last show for the year, so we'll uh, we'll address that I think at the end as well. Uh, but for now, why don't we jump into some housekeeping? Uh, the Slack channel is is actually booming this week. We've had a lot of interesting conversations going on. We have, and we are well above seventeen hundred people in there as well. So it keeps growing. Um, if you want to join that Slack channel, go to the website, colorado-security.com and click the Slack link so you can join the workspace. Also, we have a mailing list you can join there that you will uh, get the show notes mailed to you every week in the mail. Uh, we would also love it if you would go to your favorite uh, podcast application and rate us and subscribe to the show. Uh, that way you get it every week automatically and you also let other people know that it is a great show. Um, we, we also would love it if, uh, you would support the show either by going to our Patreon campaign, which you can financially support the show through or by doing interviews for us. We love to have interviews with folks in the community. Um, there are so many interesting folks to talk to, and we just don't have the time to meet with all of them. So if you want to help do that, record your interview, get it out there. And a few people will, you know, will make you very modestly famous. Um, we'd love to have your help doing that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good stuff, Rob. Uh, with that, why don't we jump into the news? First, uh, a 21-year-old CU Boulder senior is working on a project to 3D print a school in Madagascar. That is a a pretty bold initiative there. Yeah, so her name is Maggie. I hope it's Groot, but it's probably Grout. Uh, But let's call her Maggie Groot because I don't know either way. Um, Maggie Groot is a senior at CU Boulder, and she's actually the daughter of one of the co-founders of MapQuest, interestingly enough. Um, she came up with this idea uh, for a nonprofit when she was 15 years old. So she's been at it for six years, um, but but they are now ready in, uh, in the next year to to actually do the 3D printing for their first school in Madagascar. Um, her organization is responsible for raising the funds and kind of like identifying the site and all that. And then she's partnering um, with Studio Mortaz. Oh man, Mortazavi, Mortazavi. Um, to actually do the architecture. Uh, and then they have a, a a local company that's going to do some construction for them. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the reasons of 3D printing is that it would, it's going to be much quicker. Um, they should be able to get it uh, printed and put together in a couple days. Um, and also they're going to do locally sourced construction materials for the other pieces besides the walls, the roof, the doors. Um, I would imagine windows, if there's windows, things like that. Um, Rob, you mentioned that it's her responsibility to find the site. Do you think that uh, they're just going to use MapQuest to find a spot? Uh, I suspect they're probably using Google Maps at this point, Alex. <laughs> uh, but but anyway, this is obviously just an amazing accomplishment for anyone, and especially for a 21-year-old who's just figuring this stuff out. 
Um, the school, a couple more facts about it. The school is going to hold 30 to 40 students. Uh, the intention is that they're planning to do a lot more of these in the future as they, as they can prove out the concept. Um, and, and, and frankly, they just are impacting the lives for folks in these kind of underserved areas uh, significantly. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty cool thing and uh, glad that there are um, motivated young people out there doing good in the world. All right. To go from, uh, you know, unknown 21 year olds to uh, uh, much better known, I don't know what, 30 or 40 something year olds. Let's go to our next story. Yeah. So uh, there's a new fitness startup in Denver and some of the investors are people you have heard of like Pitbull and Jay-Z. Yes. So I, I had, I'd never heard of any of the facts about this story till, till clicking this link. Uh, so number one, there's a man, Avram Elmakis, uh, who, who moved to Denver uh, back in 2017. He it was, the, um, was the head of a company called Best Bully Sticks, which I guess is a pet treat company. And he came to Denver really looking for his next good, big idea. And he thinks he's found it with this new exercise technology. So we've all, you know, I'm sure we're all familiar with Peloton and the idea of you know, kind of doing this cardio exercise in a group setting. Well, they've created a new type of machine and this is a, it's called Climber. Um, and it's basically like a climbing machine where it, the way they describe it is it's crawling except at a 70 degree angle, basically standing up crawling. Um, and they say it, it does, uh, what, what they say it's like 50% more calorie burn than you'd get from running, rowing or biking, something like that. Yeah. I think it was uh, 60%. Um, but yes, it supposedly a better workout, um, like the other machines of this type, it has a, you know, a big touch screen that you can. Um, you know, be on with other people. And uh, I, I assume see who is climbing more and push each other to climb faster, that kind of thing. Um, this is, they're doing a, um, an Indiegogo project for this and it's got uh, $850,000 in funding um, with their original goal was a hundred thousand. Uh, the machine itself costs $2,000 and uh, that's for, for the Indiegogo. But uh, once it's released, it's expected to be about $5,000. So uh, I, I assume uh, I don't have a Peloton or any of those things. I, I assume that that's on par with what those other things cost as well. And, but I think they said it's a $40, $39 per month service after that. So I think I think it's roughly on, on par. Um, so they talk about the high profile investors, Jay-Z, Pitbull, um, Novak. Uh, is it? Djokovic. Djokovic, thank you. Uh, the, the tennis player. And then YouTube uh, co-founder, Chad Hurley, which... Uh, mm kind of interesting now but now when they're talking about crowdfunding what i wonder is when they, when they call it high profile investors does that mean <laughs> two thousand dollars on the gofundme is that what that means uh, uh that would be pretty funny if that was I, I have to imagine there's some other funding going on there but who knows yeah i i mean I, there's another place in the article where they say that they haven't that this is the only kind of funding they've got so i don't know I, at, so, at some level they're getting support from these folks they're not they're, they made their very clear they're not paid endorsement folks they're actually investors uh we don't know what level that they're investing at anyway it's awesome this looks like a pretty cool thing it's going to be the next uh the next peloton and uh and i'll tell you i was i was slightly tempted and then i thought ooh, two thousand dollars maybe maybe not that tempted maybe not yeah and it this reminds me again, probably Rob, you won't get this reference because you don't watch regular TV, but there is a, a commercial. I can't even remember who it's for now, but you know, the, the new exercise fad, um, you know, was log rolling. This guy invents a, a log rolling machine and, you know, then they show him in, you know, classes like, uh, like this doing the, the log rolling stuff. So that, I guess this is the next fad. So are we talking about 
log rolling like in your log management tool? What, what kind of log rolling is this? <laughs> no, like lumberjack log rolling. Oh, oh my bad. My bad. Yeah. Uh, very hey, similar though. Let me take us to our next story before I say anything else dumb. Uh, we, we have a, a story this week about Larimer Square being sold. Officially, they've, they've been sold to a company called Asana Partners out of North Carolina. Um, I, you know, I, to be totally honest, I didn't know that all of Larimer Square was even owned by one organization. So uh, it's actually one man, it looks like. So this is, right. uh, this is interesting. Yeah. And so Jeff Hermanson, who is the previous owner, uh, has been con- in control of Larimer Square for 27 years uh, and has helped make it what it is today. Um, including bringing restaurants like Rioja, uh, Tamayo, Osteria Marco, and others there. Um, and, you know, has made it probably the most recognizable spot in downtown Denver. Um, it's actually, Lerner Square was the first historic district uh, protected by ordinance in, in Denver back in 1971. Um, and, you know, it, it has had some, you know, ups and downs. There's been talk about, you know, what would happen there, um, the amount of, of work that needs to go into uh, restoring some of the buildings there and that sort of thing. So um, I, I think it is good that the, the sale has happened because uh, it sounds like Asana Partners uh, does a lot of these uh, kind of things where they they own historic areas and, and continue to keep, continue to keep them up. So I think that's a positive. Yeah, they they the article mentioned that there was like a hundred and twenty something million dollars worth of renovations required to to restore things and uh, and keep it you know usable and modern. Uh, and it sounds like Asana Partners is willing to do that. So that's that's pretty great news. Um, I, I said one other note from this article I found was interesting that um, some of the buildings in Larimer Square date back all the way to the 1880s. So, you know, 140-year-old buildings in Denver. You know, I, I, th- I might think of that in Boston, but I personally just don't think of Denver as being quite that old. So uh, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. All right. Uh, next, Denver ranks in the top 10 for most moved to cities during the COVID-19 pandemic. So I guess during COVID, nothing has changed. People still want to move here. Yeah. Bloomberg did some research on LinkedIn, basically looking at profiles to see where people moved. So I would imagine there's some kind of bias toward, toward people in the tech industry, but um, we did come in number, number eight, Uh, number one on the list was Austin, Texas. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, that, but that said, you know, we were actually the only one on the list, uh, or at least high on the list, that was in a state that doesn't have like no or really, really low uh, state income tax. So, you know, the expectation is a lot of folks are, are fleeing places like New York and and California because, you know, why why would you you know bother paying the income tax in those areas if you're not getting to take advantage of going into the office and you you don't have to be there? But in Denver, we we still have income tax. Um, you know, Texas doesn't, Florida doesn't. So you know, obviously folks are coming here because they like it. They're going to Austin because, you know, it's, it's the best place where they can save some money. Well, I, I also think the, the top five there are all in places that had uh, less strict COVID regulations than Colorado too. Oh, so, um, you know, two cities in Florida, Tennessee, Phoenix, and uh, Austin, Texas. So uh, I think that could play a role as well. You know, people try yeah. to get, get somewhere where they, they don't feel constrained. All right. Uh, next story, we have a new aerospace company coming that's going to be making Denver their their U.S. office. Feels like every week we've got a story like this. Uh, uh, very clearly, Colorado is you know at the hub of aerospace uh, and, and investment in in space flight. Um, the this new company is called Cleos Space. Um, it's a Luxembourg headquartered company, uh, and, and really what they do is they use satellites to collect and analyze intelligence data for world governments. So they're they're basically the ones spying on all of us. 
Yeah. Um, and you know, we love people spying on each other. So, you know, that's, you know, Palantir is here now too. So we, we could be the, the spying capital of the United States also. Didn't occur to me that that's uh that, that that's true. I guess Colorado equals intrusion of privacy. <laughs> Colorado equals not privacy. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. The, the other thing that occurred to me with this is, you know, we had that story a couple of weeks back talking about how they're trying to, to brand Colorado. What was it? Aerospace alley or, yeah. or something like that. Sounds so right. that this seems to, to play right into that as well. Uh, I think one of the good things here is that, uh, you know, this will be their U S engineering hub for Clio space. And there's going to be about 20 more jobs here in the near future and likely to be a hundred or more um, as the company continues to expand. So that's good yeah. stuff. And that's, that's just building from their current uh, four employees. So they, you know, obviously right now it's very minor. It's going to be getting a lot bigger. Looking forward to 25 times growth, Rob. Oh man. That, 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 that would get you onto that ink, that ink yeah. growers <laughs> list or whatever. Maybe. All right. All right. Uh, next uh, we have a blog from uh, David Staus uh, talking about the fact that the uh, Colorado Privacy Rights Act. California. C- what did I say? Colorado? Yeah. Uh, California Privacy Rights Act. We don't believe in privacy here. We already talked about that. Uh, goes into effect uh, now. So they have certified the election in California, and that means uh, that CPRA is now in effect. Yeah. So while the the act doesn't actually like get operationalized fully until well, actually for a couple more years till 2023, the law is now in effect. And what that means is that the new California Privacy Protection Agency or the CPPA, we better get used to saying CPPA, that's been that's now been created. Um, and the expectation is this, this agency is going to be one of the most influential uh, regulatory privacy agencies in the world. Um, you know, you might think it's just a state in the US, but you know, California does have the fifth largest economy in the world, if you know, comparing it to all the other countries. And the way that these folks choose to regulate and enforce the law is probably going to set the tone for how a lot of our companies have to act elsewhere in the world. Yeah. Um, and I think that the the new bureau, the CPPA, I think is is very important as well because, you know, previously it was the attorney general that had to enforce the privacy laws and they were not given any, you know, additional staff or money or any of that kind of stuff to help do that. So uh, there were not many uh, actions taken by them because of it. So. All right. Yeah. So moving moving on, we we have a story this week from Zvilo, uh, who who you know do DNS and kind of intelligence security here in town, um, and and they're talking about their response to the solar winds attack. Um, I, I'd say two things. What number one, um, I, I think it's great. Number one, the actions they took are fantastic, and it's it's nice you know we, it's nice for us to have a, a a local reason to talk about some national news like this. And the second thing I'll say is I really wish they didn't pound their chest about how well they did on on something like this because I, I feel like it's a little bit. Uh, I don't know. It's a little bit tacky to to brag in the middle of like maybe the biggest uh, security event that's ever happened. Head, the headline on the story is Zvilo's early response to the solar winds attack protected its clients and partner network of 200 plus million endpoints and users across the globe. Yeah, I'm, I'd agree with that. But I think, you know, on the positive side, you know, they don't sell directly to consumers. They sell to, you know, other people that consume this, um, you know, managed service providers and things like that. So, you know, if, if you are a small or medium-sized business and your managed service provider uses Zvilo's uh, products and intelligence, you are protected at least to some extent. So I think that's a positive thing. Um, you know, I think in some instances, maybe you might not have as, um, you know, some enterprise grade type uh, products if you're a small or medium-sized business. So maybe you not might you might not have gotten protection as fast. So 
I think that is a positive. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think this, you know, also gives us an excuse to talk about this if we want to up. So, so specifically what they did is they, you know, I, I don't know how, how much we want to get into the technical details. It's worth going just a little bit. I think, you know, the, the malware that the solar winds backdoor dropped with the, the malware is called sunburst. Um, that malware had to call back to some domains in order for it to be effective, kind of command and control systems. Um, and Zvilo, uh, basically, as they got those signals about what the malware did, they were able to, to block access to those, uh, to those domains. That's the, that's the action they took. So if there was that backdoor installed in your environment, it would be unsuccessful reaching out to, to, to take commands. And, and as a result, you, know, you probably break the kill chain and they're not able to, to keep moving forward. Yep. And that's a good thing. Definitely cool. a good thing. All right. Uh, next, we have a blog talking about how to mitigate container security risk. This is from Logarithm. Um, and this is a, a good overview talking a little bit about Docker and containers, uh, what they are, how they differ from virtual machines and, and that sort of thing. And uh, some things that you can do specifically in Logarithm, but also some uh, just good general ideas of things you can do to look for a potential bad activity in terms of your containers. Yeah, I, I actually thought that this was great because I, I guarantee that there are uh, hundreds of people listening who who still haven't really got a lot of exposure to, to containers. And 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 if, if you're still thinking to yourself, but really isn't a container just the same thing as a VM? Um, read this read this blog post and and. and I'd say, frankly, the answer is kind of, and, and in, in this blog post, it'll, it'll explain to you uh, exactly, you know, wh where the difference is. And, uh, and, and I would say that, you know, while the, the intention of a container is it should be significantly different. I have seen some individuals who, who use a container as though it was a VM. You know, if you, if you pack all kinds of pieces of the OS inside the container, uh, it's now no different than a VM, uh, but that's right. not the intention of it. For sure. Uh, I mean, and it is nice that, um, you know, part of the blog is talking about logarithm and their their sort of capabilities and uh, how you can automate some of that stuff as well. So nice to see that they they can do those actions as well. Hey, speaking of automation and SOAR, let's jump Ooh. to our next story. Uh, Colorado's own SOAR company, Swimlane, uh, announced an integration this week. They are partnering with Stellar Cyber. Um, Stellar Cyber is a uh, a security operations organization, um, and they're going to integrate between their SOC. Um, functionality and swim lane soar functionality basically to give you the best of both worlds. Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. I wasn't familiar with uh, Stellar Cyber prior to this, but uh, cool that they are going to be using this. I think uh, anywhere where you can do automation is a good thing. And uh, I think especially when you have integrations like this, it makes doing that automation as the end user much easier. Yeah, I think I think if you if you're going to use a SOAR system, which uh, I think is starting to make more and more sense for more and more companies, you better make sure it integrates with your SIM, or, or you're just going to be frustrated. Uh, so good good exactly. stuff. Glad to see them them investing. But glad to see both sides investing in this. I think that's probably the only way to be successful. All right, and our final news story for the week: uh, Coalfire has a blog talking about Azure policies. So this is actually a multi-part blog series. Um, talking about uh, Azure and today they're talking about the policies that you can set within Azure um, and within a blueprint deployment and the, the, the different templates and things you can do with that um, as part of it. So if you are using Azure, I think this is a pretty good blog for you to check out. Yeah. And this is yet another situation where like, like even, even me and I've, I've had a lot of cloud experience over the last, uh, you know, 
five, seven years, um, but mostly AWS. So this is a good chance for me to really understand how Azure works differently and uh, start to kind of get my, my head around how that works. So I definitely recommend for anyone who's uh, who's who's not already in Azure, take a look at this whole series and use it as a way to, to get familiar. Good stuff. All right. Uh, with that, let's move over to the Slack message of the week. Uh, thanks again to Andre Gaeta for sponsoring the Slack message of the week. Uh, he's been doing that uh, for a long time now. And the winner of the Slack message of the week will get uh, one free item out of the Colorado Equal Security Swag Store. And Rob, who's our winner this week? Uh, James Brown, not the singer, but the security professional from from Colorado, from in, uh, Invoca, I believe. Um, James uh, reached out to, to me to suggest we start an outdoors channel in the Slack channel. And and by golly, that's a, a great idea. So not only are, are we having this, this channel basically to talk about whatever outdoorsy thing you want to discuss, but he's promised to deliver secret camping site information. So if you're if you're wondering where are the good camping sites, you better get in there before uh, all the other Colorado security people have filled in those sites by stealing James's good ideas. That is true. They won't be secret much longer. Um, I think also this, this goes a little bit to the uh, the vibrancy and, and how much has been going on in the, the Slack workspace. I think we've had three or four requests for new channels in the past week or so. Uh, lots of people with great ideas and things they want to talk about. So pretty cool. It's nice to have a place to do it. Yep. All right. Let's, we, we have no events. This is the portion of the <laughs> podcast where we, where we tell you that, Hey, it's, it's just about Christmas and new year's and people don't do events around those holidays. Yeah. Um, so spend time with your family. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe catch up on some old versions of Colorado Equal security. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely look forward to catching, yeah, telling you about the events that are happening in January. So Rob, does that make this the most uneventful podcast of the year? Wow. I like, I like that. <laughs> it makes me feel bad and good all at the same time. Yeah. That's what I like. Uh, um, we do have jobs though. No, no events, but we do have jobs that people, you know, in the, in the middle of a pandemic and in the middle of the holidays still need to hire security people. That is true. Um, so, Even ping identity. Uh, especially ping identity. We got, I have three positions to hire. I'm not gonna spend too much time on them this week with the holidays. Let's just say if you're a GRC person and you want to be a leader or you're AppSec person, that's a good time to, to reach out to me on Slack or check our website and see what jobs are there. I'm happy to talk to you about them. Sounds good. Uh, Presidio is looking for a senior cloud, excuse me, senior solutions architect of cybersecurity. Uh, Nordstrom is hiring a technical program manager to governance, risk, and compliance. Uh, Open Text, which in this case I believe is Webroot, is looking for a threat research analyst. Ames Community College is hiring an identity management security analyst. And in case you didn't know, uh, Ames Community College is in Greeley. Uh, Sikorsky Aircraft Corporation, which is someplace I've never heard of, is looking for a defensive cyber engineer. Richie May is hiring a cybersecurity engineer too. And the coolest sounding job of the week NREL is looking for a graduate summer internship in microgrid control for cybersecurity and resilience. So you're saying I have no chance. That's what you're saying there? Well, you, you have to be a, a grad student and you know we know that you, you didn't even make it out of high school. So that, that's going to be a little much. Yeah, there's, there's an awful lot of reasons I can't get that job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that, that is it for the end of our jobs this week. Um, ending on a highlight, you know, Alex, uh, this is our last chance to record for 2020. I think we should take a minute and, uh, look back at the year and, uh, say some, something profound. What do you, what do you got profound to say? Well, I don't know if we'll have anything profound to say, but we can say some things anyway. Um, obviously this has been a, a strange and, uh, 
different and in many ways difficult year. And, uh, you know, I, I've been thankful that uh, we've been able to keep this going and that we've had a great community, both through the the Slack channel and some other things that we've been doing to, to make sure we're, you know, keeping in contact with people. Um, I think that that's, that's really helped uh, keep, keep me going throughout this whole uh, crazy mess. Uh, I think, you know, also, you know, you and I have had to figure out how to, to navigate this. Previously, we had only, well, I think with one exception, we had uh, we'd only recorded the podcast in person. So, uh, you know, we had to audible, we had to figure out how to make it work, not doing that. And I think we've done all right. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's gone pretty well. I appreciate the flexibility on that. I, I also appreciate that now I don't have to shower in order to record the podcast. It's kind of <laughs> you, a, you showered a before I... <laughs> occasionally. Uh, I, I do want to, you know, I, say thanks to the community who's been involved and especially thanks to the patrons who've supported us. You know, I, I know that it's not a ton of money, but it, it means a lot to have the the support from folks who, who want to see things keep moving forward. So thanks to those folks for doing that. Um, I also want to, want to just, uh, you know, call back to a quote that was in the Slack channel today. It was, uh, people, well, I can't remember which website it was, but some, some list had asked folks to talk, to ask their readers to talk about how they would describe 2020. And, uh, one quote was, <laughs> It's like, it's like going to an intersection, looking both ways and then getting hit by a submarine. Yeah, the, the year has just been so weird. N- none of the stuff that we were thinking would be difficult is, is what's been difficult. And, um, you know, the, it's, you're in the middle of a global pandemic and the stock market's at an all-time high and unemployment's at an all-time high or not all-time, but at a real high level. And just how do you, how do you kind of put these all things, all these things together? Um, and of course, the nation states are coming after us harder than ever as well. It's just been a crazy year. Yeah, it has been a very crazy year. Uh, I look forward to 2021 because it has to be better than 2020. Well, it's going to start off with, uh, I, I saw, I read an article today about um, the distribution of vaccines to the different states. And we've, as of Saturday at some sometime in the afternoon, Colorado had, uh, I think it was about 12,000 people who had already been vaccinated. So the, 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 it's out there, you know, I, mostly hospital workers, but, you know, give it a, another month or two and it's going to be a lot of people, you know, who are vaccinated and yep. hopefully that starts to bring us back to a, a normal situation by what, maybe, maybe February, March, April, sometime somewhere in that time frame. Yeah. I, hopefully the sooner the better, but uh, I think as long as we can sometime in 2021, get together in person, that will be a good thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we have a, a nice party uh, when we get there. Definitely. All right. Well, that's it for this year. We'll see you in 2021. And uh, hopefully everyone's have it, celebrating safely. Make sure you, you do not drink and walk back to your room. Um, that would be dangerous. <laughs> or, or at least watch out for the stairs. <laughs> watch out for the stairs. Yeah. Don't trip on the dog on the way back from the party. Right. Exactly. All right. All right. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate all your time. You too. Thanks, Rob. Bye. Colorado security scene at colorado-security.com, where you can see information about local security groups, a calendar of upcoming security events, and learn more about Colorado equals security. Reach out to Alex and Rob by emailing info at colorado-security.com. Until next time, remember, Colorado equals security.